0: Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and
1: live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. Well, it is a joy to be here, to be celebrating Mother's Day with each one of you, and to be here in um, bringing the Word today, and um, especially with our church. We just love our community so, so much. So um, in this house, we endorse and promote women in ministry, empowering women to fulfill the call of God on their lives. That's an authentic attribute here in this house. And um, I have a passion to see women empowered. To see them walking out their God-given identities. And so um, with that said, we will arise in every season of life, no matter what is happening in our, our season of life. If there's trials or if there's um, any, anything that's really burdening us, women, we can arise. We can arise no matter what, because he has made it where we can be the light to a hurting world. And so with that, gals, we have what is called our Arise Night, and um, we are so excited about this. This is a time that the women gather together. We meet over at my house, and then we have, it's a beautiful spread. It's lovely. It's beautiful, but we actually get to know each other on a deeper level. We are inspired by the Word of God. There's a group of women that have been meeting, actually, for a few weeks now, praying for this Arise Night. This is for all women, all ages, so you can invite whoever you want to invite. Um, um, that's a woman, and, and we're going to have a wonderful time. And really, everything flows from a place of our identity. So because of that, we're going to hone in that night on identity and whose we are in Christ. So anyways, I wanted to kick things off with an old favorite of mine. I'm an 80s kid, and so today I will ask a question. Mothers, or dads, but mothers, this is our special day. Have you ever been asked, what's for dinner? and maybe possibly felt a little something like this. Hey,
0: baby doll, what's for dinner?
1: Okay, I'll take it from here, go
0: on, get upstairs. Dad, we get trade in for a new one? Nah, she'll be all right. Come on, guys. Move it. Feel better? I don't belong here. I feel it. Don't you think I feel it? I can't do any of these vile things and I wouldn't want to. Oh, my life is like death. My children are the spawn of hell, and you're the devil. Oh, no.
1: Baby, we like you. Uh, All right, who here has ever maybe felt a little bit like that ba-ba-ba-ba-ba mom? I know I have countless times. In my raising of five children, and, um, and honestly, it's been a joy, but wow, 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 it, that's reality, right? I mean, it feels sometimes overwhelming, um, but I know my kids have probably wanted to trade me in a couple times too, so it goes both ways, right? <laughs> On this day, um, we want to just celebrate the precious moms um, in the room, and I want to honor each one of you. And um, we all want to honor all of you as well. And I wanted to take a moment to honor my own mom. She was with us for three weeks watching our four kids helping, assisting, because we were in and out of the state. And um, her and my dad came and visited for three weeks. And she just is such a sacrificial woman. She's so generous. She's so kind. She's so loving. And um, she's a mother, of, she has a grandmother of 11 grandbabies. And so she just pours out and pours out and pours out. So mom, I love you. And whenever you watch this, I love you. And I also want to honor another very special woman in my life. Um, I know Jeff already said a few words, but you are so special to me, Mother in love. And um, I just can't thank you enough for your kindness and your wisdom and your grace. You are a sacrificial mother, and you have done an outstanding job raising your three, three boys. And I'm sure that was quite the feat. Um, and they are all men of God. All three of them are in the house of God. Um, they're leaders in the church. And um, so thank you for my husband and my pastor I love you so much. Ah, so no matter what season of life that you may find yourself in, maybe um, as a ba-ba-ba-ba-ba mother that is barely getting by, barely staying afloat, or if you are a, a driven mother, a mother very organized, um, or maybe you're not yet a mother, um, or maybe you um, have desired to be a mom and is just taking a long time, uh, maybe it's that, you know, you are, you're feeling pace, uh, pain from facing a loss of a loved one. Maybe your mother has passed on. Maybe there's a dream that has, you know, died in your life. And um, grief on any level, we need to recognize. And I think it's so important for me to just tell you from here, you are so, so loved, I want to remind you that God, he's doing a new thing, and he's doing a new thing today. So I I want to be honest. There are times, just like Goldie Hawn showed us, experience that we we simply need to be picked up out of our proverbial messes. We need to be thrown in a big bucket of ice-cold water, and then we need to arise with a fresh new perspective, right? Because life can get pretty hard and pretty tough, so... Let me encourage you tonight, or today, not tonight, maybe tonight as well, but um, let's see how long we go. I'm kidding. (laughs) Today, I'm hoping we all receive a fresh new perspective through the very well-known portion of Scripture in the book of Proverbs. As we all know, all Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness that the man or woman of God may be adequately equipped for every good work. We see throughout the book of Proverbs that it is the fear of the Lord that is the beginning of wisdom. In today's message, we will tap into one of the greatest treasures ever given to us, and that treasure is wisdom. We will talk about the worth of the woman, uncovering the lies that we may have or we still believe, and reveal God's perspective on celebrating women. We will also see how God has clearly shown us that a worthy woman, a real worthy woman, is the woman who finds her worth in God. So, the text we're going to be reading from, if you have your Bibles, please open them to the book of Proverbs. The Proverbs 31:30 30, Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. I have titled this message today, A Woman Who Fears the Lord. Let's pray again, because I know you prayed, but God, we're here to hear from you. Lord, your word is active. It's living. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And we know that you are here. We feel your presence. God, and I believe you're doing a new thing today. Reveal yourself to us. Speak to us. Speak through me. God, and I thank you that you are transforming us, you are encouraging us, you are doing a new thing, you're strengthening the moms today, and we love you. Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so these royal words out of the book of Proverbs 31 were actually exhorted by a woman, a mother to be exact, the mother of King Lemuel. King who? Jewish legend is that King Lemuel was a pseudonym or what you call a pen name, for King Solomon. So if that was the case, the mother advising him would be Bathsheba. I find it interesting that Proverbs 31 is what's called an acrostic poem. An acrostic poem is a poem in which certain letters of each line spell out a word, a name, or a phrase when read vertically. Acrostic poems were created to make memorization easy for the reader especially for children back in the day. You know, back in the day, um, disciples, the disciples and anyone um, uh, learning to be a rabbi, they would actually have whole entire books memorized at a young age. And so that's the acrostic poems. The poem paints a picture of a woman who embodies real practical wisdom from A to Z or from the Jewish alphabet, Aleph to Tav. In the first nine verses of Proverbs 31, King Lemuel is cautioned of sin in his duties. And then the following verses from 10 on, they're written to inspire all women to fear the Lord and praising those who do. Did you know that the church is also referenced as a um, feminine significance? The church is known as the bride of Christ. And so Jesus is referred to as our groom. So not only does Proverbs 31 speak of the individual, it applies to the entire body of Christ, which is described as a virtuous spouse. So in Ephesians 5.25, Paul the apostle tells husbands to love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. He goes on to say in Ephesians 5.27 that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. We, the church, are to be that bride, without spot, without wrinkle. And God, by his grace, has formed this remnant of true believers, ones that were once dead to sin but are now alive in Christ. And that's what we were singing today in worship. The, the words are so powerful. Being dead in our sin and we are alive in Christ because He is he's alive. He's living within us. So this church is to possess all the excellences that you're going to find in the Proverbs 31 book. So let's go on to Proverbs 31.30. My first point. Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Charm is deceitful. Charm is defined by Webster's Dictionary as compelling attractiveness— a trait that fascinates, allures, or delights. Another definition describes charm as entrancing or casting a spell. In other words, charm is the power that someone possesses over you with means of attractiveness or persuasion. So let's begin where deceptive charm happened in the very beginning of the world, and that's in the Garden of Eden. The serpent was very charming. He was actually known. The Bible calls him crafty. The serpent appealed to the woman, and he was so calculated in his approach. In Genesis 3.1, Satan says to Eve, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? He twisted the question. Charm entices by twisting the truth. In verse 3, Eve responds with what God told her. You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden." and you must not touch it, or you will die. The serpent contradicted God. Charm, it's focused on self. Charm draws one in, and then it'll puff us up. Charm can lead someone to actually doubt God's words, to doubt the truth, to doubt his voice. Then in verses four through five, you will not certainly die, the serpent said to Eve, for God knows that when you eat from it, Your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The serpent tried to present something better by taking the words that God said and lying. Charm tells us what we want to hear, not the truth that we need to hear. Our culture loves charm. Everything about the appeal and the presentation. Have you ever found yourself enticed by all sorts of charm? I know I have many of times. I, uh, I will be gr- scrolling online and, um, within minutes, I have, um, purchased the shoes. I have thought about getting the facial lotions. I've thought I would have a way better life living on that island over there. I mean, I, all the things, the, the lifestyle. How about the, um, the, the people I have followed in the past that, are cooking all their food from scratch, you know? I mean, they just slaughtered the cow and now they have these steak, steak rolls and whatnot and everything's gluten-free, sugar-free, everything free. And I've already envisioned myself making it for my family and for my neighbors. And really, it's all alluring, but it's charming. It's not real. All the excess... All of the excess, what we see turning into what we need, what we long for, even morphing into maybe something that we, we find ourselves coveting because of that charm spell or that, that's been cast. It's one real crazy, crazy cycle. And maybe, just maybe, I'm not the only one that knows what it's like to feel that strong pull. Women, I know we can shop, right? Right? But let's highlight some of the men in the room. Any men like to shop in here? Any men? Hey. <laughs> well, let me tell you, my husband can shop. My husband owns probably over 20 black T-shirts. And he owns more journals than Barnes and & Noble's. And I'm not even joking. <laughs> Parents, how about children? I mean, the allure is strong. You know, they need the new clothes. They need the new electric bike. They need the new iPhone. I mean, it starts young, too. How about the, the the mothers of little ones or the fathers of little ones? I mean, babies, they they eat, they sleep, and they poop. But for some reason, we think we need every trinket and gadget and gizmo um, because I believe it's the charm of materialism that can quickly come in and strangle us if we're not careful. And honestly, women and mothers, I can I just release you today that really, you are enough. You are enough in Christ, in Christ alone. So, and that gives me, that, that gives me uh, strength, knowing, you know what, without all that, in Christ alone, that's, that's all I need. So we are enough. You know, we can strip away the fancy stuff, the facade of perfection, doesn't, the the deception of the age does not have to fool us any longer. You know, because just like we saw with our first lady, Eve, in the garden, charm can draw us in, tell us exactly what we want to hear, and then blindside us. And one more thought on charm, and this one's in regards to relationships. Charm can make us settle. Remember in the garden the serpent told Eve what she wanted to hear? Not the truth. Charm looks like flattery and manipulation, and in friendships, we can actually do more harm than good if we choose to allow ourselves, um, to allow our friends to find comfort in their sin, maybe in their sin, instead of gently encouraging them, gently and firmly confronting them. You know, charm can even disguise itself as love. Let's consider a boyfriend and girlfriend situation. If not held accountable, And if not like-minded in Christ, lustful desires can can be disguised as love and can lead us into premature intimacy, which in the end feels like shame, sin, regret. You know, honestly, you guys, it's just not worth it. I think our culture says charm is the way to get what you want. Yet the Bible says charm is deceitful above all else. God knows the human condition and how we have the tendency to be drawn away. So in a world full of deception, how do we stay grounded? How do we stay anchored in kingdom truth? Well, we must allow God to, and with his Holy Spirit, to to live, move, and have his being within us by his word. We need to be in the word of God where we will gain instruction. We can gain discernment. And he will be our firm foundation. The truth of the Bible is the only thing that stands forever. We know this. So the Holy Spirit lives in each one of us as his believers. And he will guide us into all truth. It's that simple. But we all fall short. We all will make mistakes. I get it. What do we do? It's easy. We run to someone we can confess to. We pray for one another we confront in love, we encourage in love, and we support one another, and we spur one another unto faith. So we must remember that man looks to the outward appearance, and God cares about the heart. First Samuel 16:7. So this leads me to my next point. Beauty is vain. Webster's dictionary defines vanity as inflated pride in oneself or one's appearance, something that is vain, empty, or valueless. You may have heard the saying, beauty is only skin deep, meaning while someone may be beautiful on the outside, their character, what you don't see that's on the inside, might not be as beautiful, as attractive. External beauty will fade away. It's only a matter of time that we're going to have saggy skin, we're going to have wrinkly happy happy I call them happy wrinkles actually happy wrinkles and some hair where we may have not ever wanted it you know i might just be speaking for myself as moms know firsthand that we we have carried some of the moms here have carried a human watermelon in their womb and really it's it's a lot i mean the swelling the stretching the stretch marks the the sleepless nights, I mean, all of it, it's, wow, you women, us women are the true superheroes in the house, right? So, I, honestly, it's pretty impressive, but does the world, does the culture we live in think of beauty that way? Beauty companies spent an estimated of $7.7 billion on advertising in 2022. <laughs> Cosmetic retailers report over 17 billion in online sales alone. That's nuts. Why so much money? Because identity has been so convoluted that it's an easy, easy money-making trap. It's just the social media world is ruling. We are bombarded with what the world deems beautiful. And I've recently heard about a a, a commercial that anthropology came out with, and something about a man dressed in the anthropology dresses and he was dancing, and it was the advertisement and I think, why why is that that's beautiful to convince us that men can dress like women to create maybe a, a, an understanding or an identity that we want? No, beauty is vain it's vain, you guys, and in the world standard beauty. It's not serving us well. Now, there's no condemnation for those who absolutely love cosmetics. I think all of us enjoy a little cosmetics. I think it's just it's important for us to know what we put our worth in. If we are allowing those, those items, those things to dictate who we are, our identity, then there's the issue, right? Things we think are beautiful will fade and pass away. Things we thought were so important well, one day at the end of our lives, we'll realize really never mattered. So I was uh, 19 years old when I gave my life to Christ. And at that point, I was um, so bound by body image. I mean, it it ruled and reigned um, me. And I I just I had eating issues, I would work out two, three, four times a day. I mean, it was bananas. And, um, and I here I am in this new community and new friends. And there is this woman, oh, actually a gal about up here, up here, a new friend of mine. She said, you know, in my quiet time, um, a year ago, a quiet time, God spoke to me. And he said, I want you to get rid of your mirrors. Because she was actually dealing with identity issues and, um, and not in being consumed with body image and and whatnot. And so she thought, okay, did I hear that right? She felt it again. I want you to remove all the mirrors out of your life. And so she, in sheer obedience, did exactly that. She removed all the mirrors that she could. Uh, this is in high school, you guys. And um, and she avoided them, avoided the mirrors, avoided the um, reflections. I mean, you name it, she did. And some might think, wow, that's extreme. But this woman, she heard her father in heaven, and she obeyed. And in that year, she was spending time in the word of God. And God uprooted lies that were embedded within her heart and in her mind. And let me tell you, she was set free after that year. And here she was telling me this story. And I thought, oh, that's a key right there. Now, I didn't, I didn't hear God tell me, get rid of my mirrors. But what I did hear was, get in the word of God. Get in the word of God. Know who you are um, by the one that created you. And so um, her identity was solidified. I just spoke to her recently, and she just adopted her uh, baby girl that she's been fostering for four years now. So it's such a beautiful story. But what is true, real beauty? Think about it. Authentic inner beauty is only found in God. Only. And in the book of Genesis, we are told that we're actually made in God's image. So this is so inspiring to me. Our, our life has value because we're made in the image of a holy God, each one of us. And, um, and it was mind-blowing to me that we have value no matter what we do, what we can do, what we can't do, how we look. It doesn't matter because our value is in him, in him alone. So this type of beauty, I want it to always define me. I want it to define my daughter's. I want it to define all the women and the men in this room. Being convinced that external beauty does not last, are we willing to re-examine what we put value and importance on? Which toxic thoughts take more mental real estate than you want to confess to? Are there tormenting lies that are on repeat in your mind? It's consuming I promise you this, it is consuming because I lived there 25 years ago, but I was set free. Just like my friend did about 25 years ago, could we possibly take a hiatus from our proverbial mirrors and instead look into God's word and let his mirror remind us of who we are and whose we are? You know, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. What does it mean to fear the Lord? It's kind of weird, right? Fear the Lord. You know, he God is love, but why would we fear the Lord? For the unbeliever, the fear of God is fear of the judgment of God and eternal death, which is eternal separation from God. For the believer, though, the fear of God is something much different. In the Bible, there are over 200 verses that encourage us to fear God, encouraging us. The believer's fear is a reverence of God. That's what a believer's fear. That's if you've called on the Lord um, as your Savior, he, that's all it is. It's the reverence, the reverence of God. Hebrews 12, 28 and 29 describes it like this. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. So the reverence and awe is exactly what the fear of God means for us Christians. This is a motivating factor for us to surrender to the creator of the earth. A biblical fear for the believer includes understanding how much God hates sin, and is it's fearing his judgment on that sin. In the book of Exodus, directly after God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, we see another example. Exodus 20 verses 18 through 20 says, and I love the message translation on this, all the people experiencing the thunder and the lightning, the trumpet blasts, and the smoking mountain were afraid. They pulled back. They stood at a distance. They said to Moses, you speak to us, we'll listen, but don't have God speak to us or we'll die. Moses spoke to the people, don't be afraid. God has come to test you and instill a deep and reverent awe within you so that you will not sin. When Moses said, don't fear, the fear he is referring to is the fear of drawing near to God. It's that close listening The fear that they are keeping before them is the fear of God's powerful wrath against sin. That sort of fear must not drive us away from God, but towards the Lord, because he is where mercy resides. Do you hear that? That fear needs to drive us towards the Lord, because he is merciful. Psalms 86, 15 says, But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. You hear that? Slow to anger. I feel like I'm supposed to say that again for moms in here. Slow to anger. That's our God. And and I say that because he's slow to anger with you. He's merciful. Even when we, when we lose our tops, I mean, we, there's so many times that I've gotten frustrated and I've yelled and as a mom in the house about something, I don't even know what it is. You didn't clean up the mess. I told you to clean up. But then I'm reminded, oh, God, you've been slow to anger with me. You've been merciful. And I go back to my child that I yelled at. Oh, gosh, will you forgive me? I just, I lost it. Mom totally lost it. And please forgive me. And they're so gracious with me. But he's slow to anger. He's abounding in steadfast love. Yet when God came down to meet with Moses back to Exodus 20 all the people were afraid and said they pulled back and stood at a distance how many times have i tried to hide from god after i sinned or after i doubted or after i just wanted to live selfishly for myself a lot I consider Eve in the garden. She ate the forbidden fruit, and then what did she do? She ran and she hid. I consider my son, Augie, as a toddler. And Hey, August, did you, did you eat the brownies that I told you not to touch on the counter? And I find him hiding under the table with little crumbs around him and chocolate smeared on his mouth. Nope. I didn't touch the brownies. You know, if we are running from God because we are afraid, we aren't nearly afraid enough because God knows all. And who are we to think he doesn't? When we fear God in a healthy way, we are actually set free. We are actually set free from any crippling fear that ever held us back. Oswald Chambers says it like this. The remarkable thing about fearing God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Once upon a time before Christ, I was crippled by fear. Then I was delivered from fear. And when it crept back up, I could sense it. And I had to remind fear that it had no control over me. We must not run from God. We must run towards God. A holy reverence where we are far more concerned about what God thinks of us than anyone else. Where I'm actually afraid of being out of the presence of God. Do you know that God, he's a joy to be around. He loves to be invited into our daily lives. This morning I woke up really early and i sat in a room that was kitty corner to my bedroom where nobody was and i just sat there just rubbing my eyes thinking wake up fawn wake up and i hi god good morning god i'm like okay i'm just going to pretend jesus is sitting right next to me on the couch i just started talking to jesus and you know it was the most special time i had with him you know some might look at that as crazy but that's that's my everything to talk and walk and be with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because he wants to be with us. He loves to hear his children's voices. No different than us moms and dads that love to hear our children's voices. He's a safe place. He's a place we can run into. So let fear draw you near, where you have security, where there's hope, where there's peace, keeping us ever close to the merciful heart of God, a sanctuary. Isaiah eight fourteen says it like this, and he will become a sanctuary and a stone of offense and a rock of stumbling to both houses of Israel, a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. The message puts it like this, don't fear what they fear. Don't take on their worries. If you're going to worry, Worry about the holy. Fear God of the angel armies. The holy can be either a hiding place or a boulder blocking your way. What a visual, right? There's so many boulders, so many fears that can hold us back. So what are some of the things that we choose to fear? Financial insecurity, not being accepted, failure in academics maybe, I'm too old, I'm too young, not living up maybe to your full potential. The failure in career, the fear of not being able to provide. How about parents? Failure as a mother or a father. I mean, that's a, that's a heavy one, right? I mean, I think I've experienced that. How about blended families? How about the fear of being rejected by a child? maybe a son or a daughter. Will I be enough? You know, when I got married to my husband, I was 21 years old. He was a single dad when we met. So I knew when I said yes, I do, to my husband that I would become an instant mom. I became Mama Fonny. The fears, they were intense. And I was a Christ follower. But the fears came in like crashing waves over and over again. Honestly, when my new daughter accept me, would I fail her? Will she receive me in her life? All those fears are real. And like we learned last month, uh, well last, last, yes, or last week, Nicole wrapped up so beautifully the fearless and free message. And it was four weeks of truth. And you guys, if you were not here, for all four, I cannot ask you, beg you enough. Get on YouTube and upload or download, whatever you call it, and listen to them. Honestly, you will be set free. You will be injected with hope. And, um, and it will change your life. It will absolutely change your life. So it's so important. A woman who fears the Lord, we will wait. We will wait on the Lord. A woman who fears the Lord will not choose to run from her God and her worries She won't run in her anxieties. She won't run away in her disappointments or struggles, though there are so many. She won't isolate herself or drown out her pain with a substance that won't ever satisfy. She's a prayerful woman. She's a humble woman. She's a woman that goes to God for hope. The woman that doesn't lean on her own understanding, but she acknowledges God in all her ways, in all the seasons of life. In fearing the Lord, she will be kept from sin. She is running towards him, even when hope feels deferred, because on the other side of hope deferred is a tree of life. You know, that is a dream fulfilled. That's what you would call it, but the Bible calls it there's a tree of life. There are countless promises for the person that fears the lord and here are a couple psalms 25:14 says the friendship of the lord is for those who fear him and he makes known to them his covenant psalms 34:17 says when the righteous cry for help the lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles psalms 103:11 says for as high as the heavens are above the earth so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him He knows all, he sees all, he's our defender, he's our protector, he's our friend, he's our healer. You guys, he's our healer. The word of God is saturated with hope, and it's all dedicated to his sons and his daughters. So we fear the Lord, it's the beginning of wisdom. It's a point we made here, beginning of wisdom. And wisdom is the application of that knowledge. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus associates himself with wisdom. He lived a perfect, sinless life, yet he had every opportunity to sin. Luke 2.52 says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature, in favor with God and man. Therefore, he grew in wisdom. And if he was going to grow in wisdom, he needed to grow in the fear of the Lord. He is our greatest example. So women who fear the Lord, they're to be praised. And I really like this part. Why do we praise women? It's obvious that godly virtues need to be encouraged, need to be celebrated. When a woman receives positive affirmation, it actually, it it results in growth. Moms, how many of you here can can admit it feels good to be appreciated? It feels good to be noticed. It feels good to be encouraged by people closest to you. In the book, Reflections on Psalms, C.S. Lewis states, I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation. He's basically saying that a joy that has not yet been expressed is not yet fully enjoyed. So there's great joy when we refresh people with gratitude and we express the way we love them. When one approves of a woman who fears the Lord, we're actually indirectly praising God because we're made in his image, right? God delights in his daughters. You hear that? He delights in us, gals. Proverbs eleven twenty five 25 states that those who refresh others will also be refreshed. If you find yourself dry, if you find yourself empty inside, can I encourage you to Encourage the women in your life. Encourage the wives and the sisters and the daughters. Encourage them because I promise you this, when we refresh others, the promise will come right back to us. You will be refreshed. You will be filled. Dads, remind your children to show their love to their moms. It's like water to their souls. Proverbs thirty-one twenty-eight says, Her children rise up and call her blessed. There's no greater time to speak life over our mothers. Praise her, bless her, pray for her. And all the while, you will be honoring the Lord. At times, reading Proverbs 31 can feel overwhelming. But really, it was given to us to motivate us. No matter what season we're in, as a woman who fears the Lord, we will be praised. We celebrate each and every one of you moms today. We really, we pursue after God. That's what my hope is today is that we would stand firm in truth and we would be in awe of a holy God, that we would pursue him. So I'm gonna just take this moment and pray over us. Oh God, I pray for every woman in this room. God, I pray that for everyone in this room, that holy fear would increase. Oh God, we need you. We need you, God. I pray that over every man, every woman, every child, that they would experience a holy, loving, merciful God. I pray rest over every mom in this room. I pray that every woman would be reminded of her identity as a daughter, that her identity would be found in you in you alone. I pray that the lies would be uprooted. Anything that they've been believing that is not lined up with your word, I pray they would be taken out now in the name of Jesus. And I pray that healing would flow. I pray every part, every branch that does not bear fruit would be removed. That we would run towards you, oh God. That we would find you as our refuge and we would ab- abide in you. That every mother and every spiritual mother in here would arise. Thank you, Lord. And I wanted to, I wanted to just say if there's anyone here that has felt enticed by the beauty or hung up or deceived by charm. If you're dealing with anything, maybe even if you've felt like, you know, I can relate to what you said when you were 19 or, or fear as a mom and you need prayer. We're going to be up here. The altar, basically just right here, is open. We have a prayer team here and we love to pray for you. we love to stand with you. We'd love to, to believe with you because we need each other. And on top of that, you might feel awakened to the awe of God. Like, oh, I want to be in that place where I can talk to Jesus face to face. I want to I revere him. I want to have a reverence for the holy God over anything else in my life. And if that's you, also we'd love to pray for you up here. You know, and if you have a, a, something in your heart where you, I want to make a fresh commitment to God. You know, Romans ten nine says, if you confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that, he ra- that God raised him from the dead, the scripture says you will be saved. And so that's for all of us. So I'm going to open this, this altar up. If you have any prayer needs, I'd love for you to join me up here. And other than that, happy Mother's Day.
0: Why don't we all stand together as we're closing today? I don't know about you, but, you know, there's different times where in life I think I could relate. Probably all of us could relate to that in some aspect where, you know, maybe we were hiding behind something, a facade. Uh, uh, we, We were trying to hide behind something that we were trying to project on other people, and God just wants our hearts. And if you're here today and if you don't have a relationship with Christ... Like my wife said, Romans 10.9, Paul writes these words. It says, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. God sent Jesus for this purpose to set you free. That's why Jesus came. So if you need to make a fresh commitment to Christ, it's as simple as saying, Jesus, would you forgive me? Would you just help me start all over? I place my trust and my hope in you. Would you forgive me of any sin that I've ever committed? Anything I've ever done, would you, would you forgive me? Wash me clean today and set my feet on the right path. And I make a fresh commitment that I'm going to live for you, Jesus, for the rest of my life. And his Holy Spirit is going to help you do that. Like my wife said, we're going to have a time of prayer now up front as we get ready to close out the service. And if you need prayer for anything, don't leave. The worst thing you could do is come to an atmosphere of faith and need prayer and then walk away without getting prayer. So if you need prayer for anything, we're going to have the prayer team up front. Um, for you uh, moms and families, uh, feel free to hang out. We have refreshments for you. We have a really cool photo wall. You can go ahead and take some pictures with mom, celebrate, and uh, just have a wonderful Sunday. So I'm going to pray a blessing over you, and then we're going to open up the front. Uh, for those that would like uh, individual prayer. So God, we thank you for the word today. God, I thank you that the word of God challenges us, corrects us. It it realigns us to your path. And so God, we just thank you for that correcting uh, word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit breathing on it. And God, we, we, we walk away from the deceptive charm. We walk away from what we've put uh, our trust in, that whatever that beauty is that's alluring us, that vanity that's pulling us away from you. And God, we turn to you and we say, God, I'm going to fear you. I'm going to have holy reverence and holy awe towards the holy God. And so, Lord, I thank you for forgiving us for times where we did not revere you. Forgive us for times when we just kind of took you for granted or took took your presence for granted or a time of worship for granted. God, forgive us of that. And we lean right now, we lean back into you. We put our hope and our trust in you. And God, I pray your blessing upon every person here today. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would continue to speak, continue to minister all throughout the week. I thank you, God. I thank you that this was a divine appointment today. We thought we were coming, maybe some of us in this room, to come to support mom and love on mom today. No, God had a divine appointment for you to be in this, in this moment, in this atmosphere of faith, to speak to you because he calls you his daughter. He calls you his son, and he's drawing you in close, and he wants to remind you he loves you and he cares for you. And he wants to set you free from anything that would try to rob you of the identity that he's called you to. And so I pray a blessing upon you today. And over the moms of the house, God, I pray, Holy Spirit, would you just overwhelm them with surprise blessings, surprise love. I pray that their kids would rise up and honor them. Uh, their kids would, would love on them. Their kids would rise up and call them blessed. For a woman who, who, who fears the Lord is to be praised. And so, God, we thank you. Thank you for all the moms, the spiritual moms in this house, the physical moms of this house. We thank you, God, and give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we thank God for an awesome word today? For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com.